Hello everybody, you are here listening to the 10th inning here with Nick O'Dwyer. In today's episode, I have two topics that I want to get out there. First of all, we have the California Sign Pay to Play Act. And second of all, I want to look at the NL wildcard matchup from last night. Brewers versus Nationals. See how that all went down. Give you my recap. I'm going to start off with that one. Nationals ended up winning the game 4-2-3 against the Brewers. Now, this was a great game all around. It had everything you wanted. Great pitching. Brandon Woodruff from the Milwaukee Brewers. Lights out to start the game. Max Scherzer didn't really start off too hot, but he came back. He fought through some tough stretches. Ended up pitching well enough to get his team in position to win the game. Now, there are a couple things within that game that happened that really decided the game in itself. First of all, Juan Soto. Juan Soto in the fourth inning misplayed a fly ball to left field very poorly. Now, it's not really, it's not nearly as easy as people think it is to play an outfield position in the MLB or anywhere. You have to be great at tracking fly balls, which to be fair, not most of us are. And either way, we don't know what the wind condition was like. The ball was traveling. The ball was moving in the air. It wasn't just staying in one spot. It had carry to it. I thought it may have gone out on first glance, but no, it kept moving. Soto kept going back. It turned out Soto misplayed the ball. Thames hit it, got over his head. He got a double. So, obviously, Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in the league, not going to be happy about that. Not going to be happy that your left fielder made a mistake for you. So, guy on second, one out. Now, Scherzer was able to get out of that inning, which was really good. Then, he went to the fifth inning. Fifth inning, he had some more struggles. He needed to do a good inning to get out of it, and he ended up getting out of it, but it was tough. Scherzer didn't have a great game. In the first inning, he walked Trent Grisham to lead off the game. Then immediately after, Yasmani Grendel, first pitch, boom, home run. And it looked like, okay, the Brewers are really serious about this game. Nationals did nothing. Brandon Woodruff pitched excellent. He made one mistake all game, So and that wasn't in the first inning. So then, top second, Eric Thames comes up. A really good curveball by Matt Scherzer, actually. It was not a bad pitch by any means, but Thames just muscled it out of there. So Brewers are up 3-0. We're thinking, wow, are the Brewers really going to win this without Christian Yelich? Well, hold on. Bottom of that inning, Trey Turner gets up to the plate again. This was Brandon Woodruff's one mistake of the game. Brandon Woodruff, his plan of attack all game was, I'm going to throw fastballs. You have to hit it. He was throwing high fastballs all night long. And except for Trey Turner on that one pitch where he hit a home run into the visitors' bullpen, The Nationals couldn't catch up to it at all. Brandon Woodruff knew his game plan, knew his way of attack, and he perfected it. As stated, he only made one mistake all game long, and it was that home run by Trey Turner. Otherwise, Woodruff had a great game. Woodruff's final line was four innings, two hits allowed, one run, and three strikeouts, no walks. That's a really good game for him. Then, Brent Suter came in to follow. He pitched one inning, lefty out of the bullpen, not a speed guy, control guy. He pitched one inning, allowed one hit, that was it. So that was all happening. 
And then we have Matt Scherzer's final line, five innings pitched, four hits allowed, three runs, and six strikeouts with three earned runs. Now, that's not a bad line, honestly, except for the walks. If you didn't have the three walks, especially the first walk of the game, the Brewers never would have scored three to begin with because it was that that walk to Trent Grisham that set up the Yasmani Grandal home run. If he wasn't on, yeah, Grandal still could have hit a home run. Very possible. But it wouldn't have been a two-run home run. It would have been a one-run home run. Brewers wouldn't have had a 2-0 lead right off the bat. They would have been up 1-0. But we can't change things. 3-0. Soto misplayed a fly ball. Hurt confidence. Then Steven Strasburg came in. We all knew it was coming. The Nationals only had five bullpen arms on the roster. So we knew that a starter was going to come in. We all assumed that it was going to be Steven Strasburg, even though Patrick Corbin was a possibility. But Steven Strasburg pitched really well. Three innings pitched, two hits allowed, and four strikeouts coming into the game. Then for the Brewers, we have Drew Pomerantz coming in after this. Drew Pomerantz, great pitcher in San Diego. In Boston, he never found his way. Just didn't get anything to go in Boston. Went to Milwaukee. Looked really good in this match against the Nationals. Two innings pitched, two strikeouts. No hits. So, he was shutting the Nationals lineup down. Then, Josh Hader comes in. Josh Hader, you think, one of the best relievers in the league. Okay, he's not going to give it up. We're going to go to extras. Josh Hader, one inning pitched, two hits, three runs, two earned runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. That hit and the walk, it, it was bases loaded by the time he came in. And then, Juan Soto comes up. Juan Soto needs to make up for the mistake he made earlier in the game. Well, he did just that. Juan Soto hits it to right field. Trent Grisham trying to play. They know He knows they're up by two at this point. He's trying to get the ball quick enough to get the ball to the catcher, get that tying run out. However, Grisham overran the ball a little bit. The ball went under his glove. All three runs scored for the Nationals. Juan Soto, on a single with an error, scored three runs with one swing to the bat. That completely changed the tide of the game. This was in the bottom of the eighth inning. So, all the Nationals had to do was one more good inning on the mound. And they went to reliever Daniel Hudson, who has had arm problems in the past before. But, he threw everything away, closed it out, one inning pitched, one hit allowed, one strikeout to end the game. Nationals are moving on to face the Dodgers in the NLDS. I want to give you my thoughts on the game real quick. I thought it was a great game all around. It was exciting all the way till the end. It wasn't a blowout by either team, which I kind of expected it would be. I liked that it wasn't, though. It kept me interested all game long. And the biggest thing I learned from this game is Brandon Woodruff, when he's fully healthy, he's going to be a monster in this game. This game, he he wasn't 100% healthy. He was healthy enough to start, but he wasn't 100% healthy as in the fact that he didn't throw really much any off-speed. He threw his game. He threw fastballs. He was like, you're going to hit it or I'm going to keep throwing it, but they didn't hit it. So he threw a great game, but either way, the Nationals are moving on. Heartbreaking loss for the Brewers. Heartbreaking loss for the Brewers fans, but... Nationals are moving on to LA. Now let's get into the next topic. 
we have the NCAA, not really the NCAA, California signed a pay-to-play act for college athletes in California. Now, I'm not going to give you my thoughts on whether or not NCAA athletes should be paid or not. I'm going to give you my thoughts on being paid to play and being paid for likeness. Those are two very different things. So, first of all, let's talk about the Sign to Pay to Play Act. It says, college athletes in the state of California are able to hire agents and be paid for their likeness and endorsements. This will go in effect in 2023. Now, this is much different than actually getting paid to play the game. This is just saying they're allowed to be paid for their likeness and endorsements, which I have no problem with. I think that's exactly how it should be. So, getting paid to play and getting paid for their likeness and endorsements are two completely different things because when we think about this, we think of college football and college basketball as the biggest things. But you can't pay them to play the sport because if that were the case, you would have to pay every single sport. You would have to pay the men's swimming team, swimming team, the women's tennis team, all of those kinds of sports if you were going to pay the people to play. Now, paying people for their likeness and endorsements, this makes a lot of sense because if players are big enough where they can get these players, Ergo, the tennis players might not get it. The soccer players might not get it. The squash players might not get it. I don't know. But if they're big enough on the football field, on the basketball field, on whatever field they want that people want to pay them for their likeness, their jerseys, anything, that should be allowed. College sports has always been you don't get paid to play the sport. And it's always been, you can't get paid for your likeness. Well, why not? Why can't you get paid for your likeness? It doesn't make sense because these players are working a full-time job on top of going to college. Now, it's not just football and basketball players. It's every single sport. But they should be allowed to get paid for their likeness, which this bill allows. Now, the NCAA has had a ban on compensation other than all scholarships allowed since its inception. The NCAA and college sports conferences are fighting the law, arguing it would bring chaos to sports and make it unattainable for the goal of providing fair level playing field for all sports. But again, this isn't necessarily the case. This would be the case for maybe football, maybe basketball. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on any other sports here, but who would be going for a soccer game a tennis game and saying, hey, dude, that was great. Can I get your autograph? Okay, maybe a couple people, but you won't have you won't have the amount of people doing it that will make it unattainable to provide a level playing field because you won't have the amount of people doing it to say, oh, well, they're allowed to pay me for this, so I'm going to go to California to play. You might have that in football and basketball. But it's not like you're paying the people to play the sports. You're paying them for their likeness and you're paying them for your likeness and endorsements. I, I'm 100% in favor of this. Pennsylvania is now actually looking to do this. They're looking to become the second state to follow through with this act. But this also puts huge pressure on the NCAA. They have three years to figure out a way 
to get rid of this, basically. The NCAA doesn't like it. We know they don't like it. So they have three years. It's not going to come into effect until 2023. They have three years to figure out, okay, how are we going to get this off the table so players don't think about it? And honestly, I don't know if they're going to find a way. In my opinion, the NCAA should allow all players to get get paid for their likeness and endorsements if they're good enough to get that. Because I... It just doesn't make sense for them not to. They pay, they play the sport. Coaches are allowed to do it. Athletic directors are allowed to do it. Everyone on the athletic on the athletic staff is allowed to do it, except for the players. Why can't the players do it? I think that college players should be allowed to make a profit off of their likeness. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to make a profit. If people don't want your stuff, then they won't get it. But if you're good enough where you can get it, why not? Why won't you let them do it? It just doesn't make sense to me. So that's just my thought on this. It, it's really going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does in the upcoming months, years, until this law takes effect. Because again, this is strictly in California. This isn't in any other state. So California may have given themselves a big advantage for recruiting players, I don't know. But either way, we'll see how it affects the game in the upcoming seasons. In my next episode, I will be giving you my AL wildcard game recap. We have that game tonight, Rays versus Athletics at the Oakland Coliseum. I'll be back tomorrow for the 10th inning. Until next time.